0: and load this is steve dace the steve day show
1: greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand here on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Steve at SteveDace.com. That's the email address. That's how you can email the program today. For those of you that are listening via podcast or on Blaze Radio, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. You can also like us on Facebook, though if you decide to like us there, you may need to click the like button. 5,000 times. It it may need to be be 5,000 times, actually. Uh, And you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And if you are listening today via podcast, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Thousands of you have already done so. Thank you to all of you who have done that too. All right, coming up a, a little bit later on, We've got a jam-packed show, fake news or not, coming your way here at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we're going to get into get into some pop culture Tuesday later today, and I'm going to I'm going to share some of the feedback we've gotten from uh, members of our audience about the impact the unplanned movie uh, has made on them. We're going to share some of that on fake news or not, and then uh, we're also going to be talking uh, with a guest who has some new data out that shows. When guys don't get married, they have less sex. Who knew? Who knew? That's actually how life worked. Um, So there's that. But, of course, first and foremost, we begin with Aaron's montage of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we
1: were away, brought to you
2: by Constipation. This is America! We know! our history.
0: This is a time to stand up, to speak up, to rise up, because when we stand as Americans, when we join together and fight together and work together, no filibuster can stop us. We ushered in civil rights, women's rights, workers'
2: rights, and in this era, if we organize again, we are going to bring a progressive agenda to this country and move it forward for everyone, no matter who's in the Senate. You know, Corey, I think some Miralax will help with that. Donald Trump described his feelings for his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, yesterday. You know, Jared had a very easy life. He was doing phenomenally in New York, and everything he touched has turned to gold. And then one
3: day he said, I want to come down and I want to have peace in the Middle East and I want to do criminal justice reform and I want to do all these wonderful things. And his life became extremely
2: complex. (laughs) In other news, Colorado House Bill 1177 has been sent to the desk of Governor Jared Polis. The so-called Red Flag Bill would allow the seizure of firearms from individuals if petitioned by a sufficient number of people. If you recall, the state of Florida had a similar bill. Its name was the cops were called in regards to the behavior of Parkland shooter Nicholas Cruz dozens of times, and the FBI received a tip that he was planning a school shooting but still did nothing. Slightly lost in the news surrounding the movie Unplanned this weekend was that Georgia was passing a fetal heartbeat bill. Unfortunately, the bill, of course, contains numerous exceptions, including life of the mother and rape or incest. That didn't stop actress Alyssa Milano, I know, I don't know who she is either, from starting a petition that garnered over 100 names of other Hollywood celebs saying they would boycott Georgia if the legislation was passed it was passed. Good luck traveling across the country or around the world without stopping in Atlanta. The human coyotes helping migrants survive Central America's grueling Darien Gap jungle. So according to CBSN, human traffickers are portrayed as heroes now. Oh, okay. Talk about the flip side of progressive cultism. (laughs)
4: i <laughs> You should be ashamed of yourself. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're testing, 5, four, three, 2, 1. Five through. Can you hear them in your ear? Right Trump 2020! Okay, Trump 2020!
2: And finally, campus reform strikes again.
4: I'm Kevin Phillips with Campus Reform. Today we're at Florida International University talking to students about their opinions of socialism and if they'd support a socialist GPA policy. Would they be willing to share their high GPA with people that have a low GPA? Because after all, it's all about equality. Which would you rather have in America, socialism or capitalism? I would say socialism. How do you view the word socialism, favorably or unfavorably? I guess I would go with favorably. Like I have family in Europe, they go to college for free, their healthcare is paid for, they don't have to worry about it at all.
5: I favor that over capitalism. Okay, got it. I also think I favor that like socialism
2: over capitalism. Socialism is more geared toward like helping the
4: people in your, you know, the governed.
5: I'd rather people have that same opportunity. There's a lot of excess in America.
4: The main idea of socialism being that people at the top are doing their fair share to help people at the bottom, trying to prevent, dis- disparity of income and trying to prevent excess as you called it so on campus if there's a a gpa disparity where there's people at the bottom with a poor gpa Mm -hmm. would you support a policy where people at the top spread the wealth and give that gpa to people at the bottom
6: give like help them get a better gpa
4: i'm all for helping i wouldn't give like oh let me just give you some of my points but it's about being fair right we got to help people at the bottom i've lost a lot of sleep so i don't know if i will be
5: fair it's hard it's I guess it would be kind of like hypocritical for me to say no.
4: That's completely different. <laughs> How's it different? Cause I'm
3: like studying all day for my
4: grade.
5: What do you mean by sharing it? Like literally like giving them a chunk of my GPA?
4: Yep. yep. Um, dang. I would wanna say no, straight up. But what's the difference between earning a high GPA and not wanting to give it away, but then earning a lot of money and also not wanting to give that away? Hmm. Well I feel like the difference is that you you study for your grades
2: right and grades often reflect how much time you spend studying but you yeah, know work pretty hard to become a millionaire
4: I mean I'm not denying that fact either but for the regular working person you know, do you think there's a similarity between earning your salary and, and maybe not wanting to give it away to people that aren't working to earn it? And same thing with the GPA where you earn it and you say, well, I don't necessarily want to give it to anyone who might not be working for it.
5: Right, I think it's just that whole sense of thinking that no one's gonna work for it.
4: I
3: mean, I sacrifice a lot to get my GPA. You know, I I don't um, go out as much as I'd like to, but that's for something like a greater goal in the future, um, the way I see it. So
2: no, I wouldn't sacrifice my own things, like sacrifice my own time to help somebody else who um, didn't want to make those same sacrifices. And that's what happened while we were away.
6: We're screwed, man. Screwed.
1: I want to spank and hug every last one of them. <laughs> I'm just not sure in which order Aaron's montage brought to you by Patriot mobile Uh, restricting free speech is restricting truth. And the left has crossed the line, attempting to silence conservatives across America, like the shadow ban uh, that they attempted on the unplanned movie on Twitter over the weekend. The shadow banning we have received on Facebook. Uh, the, ba- the problems are contemporary here at The Blaze. Steven Crowder has had recently with YouTube. I believe uh, Lauren Chen's run into the same problems with demonetization over there as well. It is time for conservative America to wake up uh, and to fight back. And one of the ways you can do that is with veteran-led Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone provider. Every phone call. Uh, Helps to protect your constitutional rights. Every bill helps to fight for your freedom because you get the same reliable nationwide coverage you already have and know your hard-earned money is supporting, though this time, conservative organizations uh, like uh, PragerU and Alliance Defending Freedom, for example. And with plans starting as low as $25 a month, why wait? Don't wait. Call right now. 1 800 a patriot is the number. If you use code BLAZE when you call, they'll waive your activation fee. 1 800 a patriot, code BLAZE. Oh, or just visit the website patriotmobile.com slash BLAZE. Patriotmobile.com slash BLAZE. Switch to Patri- Patriot Mobile today and let freedom ring. Well, let's get to uh, some of the items in Aaron's montage. And let's start with the video there at the end from uh, from campus reform I I feel like I say this every time we highlight one of their videos but I think it needs to be said every time we do as well what you're watching there folks that that's brainwashing that, that, that is that is hardcore indoctrination playing itself out. Let me give you some examples of what I mean by that because I don't mean that if you disagree with my views on socialism versus capitalism, I don't mean that you have been, that automatically means you've been brainwashed, okay? Let's not, I, I think our views are better I have these views because I think they're better than the alternatives, but they don't. The views then, in and of themselves, don't make me superior or those who hold them to other people. And I want to make sure we don't go down the the rabbit trail uh, of those whom we're we're trying to defeat right now. Okay, so when I I want to make this very clear, when when I say you're watching brainwashing, I'm not saying to be to believe in socialism, you must be brainwashed. I'm saying that they were brainwashed to believe in socialism. There's a difference. All right? And what do I mean by that? That someone can someone can can look at the the iniquity of the world, the injustices within the world. And if they believe human nature is basically good, you know, we we have talked plenty of times on this show about from the from the biblical worldview the difficulty with reconciling both the sovereignty of God and the existence of evil in the world. And we're often challenged from the from the outside in on our worldview on how do we how do we how do we reconcile evil with the notion of a sovereign God? New York Times just ran a column about this just recently, right? Didn't they have run another column? There yes. can't be a sovereign, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-just God and have evil in the world. Now, now, my best philosophical response to that challenge is that, A, you as a human being have removed your responsibility. You've asked God to give you your freedom to do whatever you want to do with your members. And then you want to blame him when he has granted you said freedom for the consequences of the actions that you of your own volition committed and then there's also the idea that if you do believe in the sovereignty of God, the reason why we have grave evils like abortion, for example, is we're willing to tolerate them. We have as much evil as we are willing to tolerate. That these are self-enforcing mechanisms. So we've had, we've, we don't shy away from these conversations that challenge our belief system. Someone can be of sane and sound mind and body and come to the other conclusions. And it's because they worked a different math formula. They, 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 they put a variable where there should be a constant and a constant where there should be a variable. For example, they've decided human nature is basically good from the outset. And now they're struggling with how to reconcile the existence of evil in the world. Because if human nature is basically good, why do human beings than ever that are basically good, why do they do what's bad? Since the term sin or the term fall is absent from their worldview. Yeah,
6: we had that conversation with your
1: buddy. With Ben Bruns a few weeks ago. They have to therefore create remedies That the reasons people will then do, that are basically good will do bad is they haven't been educated properly. They haven't been trained properly, right? Et cetera. Yeah. Okay. There are plenty of really smart people. Good, good natured people. Maybe even people that are fairly moral that you would have no problems leaving your kids with, you know, or having, you know, drinks with or being friends with that buy into these notions, you don't have to be brainwashed to buy into them. that not everybody who has a different worldview has been brainwashed. But in the case here, minimal pushback, the worldview collapses. Belief collapses. It's like that, you know, it's like that tweet oh, it can't withstand any, any scrutiny at all. When they are forced to confront the reality of that which they are advocating, they implode. Because they weren't taught a hermeneutic. Meaning they, they weren't taught a philosophical um, uh, inculcation. They were given a non-critical thinking indoctrination. And then they were told that no people that are smart disagree with you. And anyone who does disagree with you would only do so because they're a racist, they're a sexist, they're a misogynist, they're a xenophobe or a homophobe. There are no rational reasons whatsoever. To hold, in a, to hold a contrarian view other than lower, your, these are debased lower life forms that reject enlightenment off, offhand. And so when they are then said, here is, the, here is the first person consequence of what you believe. It's similar to what you've seen me do with abortionists in the past. Uh, when, when Rules for Patriots came out, I did an interview that went viral at the time with Ra- Talk Radio Europe, and they, they sicked a woman on me who wanted to talk about the abortion issue. And she wanted to talk about it as a remedy to human suffering. I asked her in the interview, do you remember this? I asked her in the interview, you ever suffered? Yeah. She said, well, I said, have you ever had a moment in your life that wasn't good? You ever experienced loss, heartbreak, death? She said, yes. I said, why don't you end your life then is what I told her. End your life. If the value of life is only based on denying of suffering, I don't believe you believe that because you've just admitted to me you suffered and yet you're still room, you haven't assumed room temperature yet. End your own life first. Prove to me, prove to me the validity of your claim that you really are willing to live this out because otherwise it kind of sounds like tyranny to me. You're, 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 you know, it's the old Ronald Reagan line. I noticed everyone who's for abortion has already been permitted to be born, right? Tolerance for me, not for thee. Socialism for me, not for thee. They can't withstand minimal pushback because they weren't taught socialism, guys. They were taught conformity. They weren't taught diversity, they were taught conformity. They weren't even really taught progressivism. They were really taught statism, which is another way of saying conformity. They have, they were taught to be they 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 taught them half of Nietzsche's equation. They taught them that God is dead. They left out the cogs and the machine part, so they could turn them into cogs in their machine, okay? You're not even to the point of having a worldview debate with that generation. That's the freaking matrix, Todd. That's what that is. These people, these are you people who have been brainwashed. Listen to how articulate they are. Listen to their vocabulary. Listen to how they even attempt to be thoughtful. Like there's there's not even knee jerks. It, 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 you're dealing with the how nine thousand. You're asking them to contemplate something. Their programming, and I'm using that word on purpose, their programming will not permit. And that's why, brother, it's revival or bust. I I don't know what the other remedy is at this point.
6: And the part you don't see on there, and you have to remind yourself of, is you know you might think oh they're so stupid or or they're kind of, they're, they're talking with smiles on their faces, so they're not that dangerous. You know by now how dangerous people like this will become in terms mm-hmm. of taking away your liberties. Mm-hmm. Uh, You've you mentioned several movies. You know what? This remind th- th- we're talking about the Winter Soldier here. We're talking about Bucky, the violence that you do, and then you just utter a simple phrase, a series of numbers, a couple sentences from this guy, and instantly they're deprogrammed. That Steve is exactly right. It, he's not being remotely hyperbolic in terms of what he's talking about. Um, if one sentence, I think it was nine words in The Winter Soldier that turns him on and off. Right, right. One sentence, basically. Right. You just saw it with your own eyes. All that money they're paying for a college education. And if one sentence can unravel it all, the amount of things we need to rethink are legion.
2: Yeah, and going back to what you you opened your monologue with on this, Steve, is I I think there's something even... Uh, simpler uh, to talk about as far as the problem of evil. And I've brought this up before. How can a good um, God allow evil to exist? How can good exist without the presence of evil? For how can you distinguish that which is good if there is not that which is evil? So how can God be good? How can a good God allow evil? How can God be good without uh, without evil in the world? So there's that. But as you said, can say that all you want. You can say that till your face turns blue. It doesn't matter when you're up against this because they don't. Uh, people who have been brainwashed do not give an iota of care about these philosophical questions. Um, and what what take what does it take for them to wake up? Uh, that is that is the question. I think that needs to be answered but we don't want to figure out the answer to that question because if it is as deep, if the programming is as deep as we believe it is, and as you articulated, Steve, Mm -hmm. that which will cause them to wake up either will be a spiritual revival or, and maybe I'm drawing a distinction without a difference here. And I probably am something calamitous, either personally or at a macro level. We don't, want we don't wish that on our fellow human beings um if they don't know christ as their savior as as i think these people have articulated but that's what it's going i think to take I, I think we think that revival will happen in some sort of vacuum and it'll be um just sunshine and daisies and and um you know the the, the child will lay down with a lion and 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 maybe it'll happen like that God's capable of anything, but most of the time, I would say that revival is um, comes about after after you get the whip, after you get the the dad's belt. I think that's what we're
1: looking at right now. You have to understand too. You're way beyond. You know, this is where we got to take back the school board. You're, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's. That, that's like slapping a condom on your daughter's boyfriend after she tells you, Daddy, I'm pregnant. We're way past that, guys. Way past. You know, all those people in that video, they're not 12. They're adults. They're voting right now. They're the ones holding the signs, Beto is Christ. Exactly. <laughs> and and then we think, then we have a segment of our side that thinks the answer to it is to be the complete D-bag. Yeah. That woman is, you know, making a clown show out of herself. That's that's a cult versus a cult. The same, hey, you want a truth bomb today? I didn't come up with one for the show, so let me drop one right now. All right, here's, here's today's truth bomb brought to you by my new book, Truth Bombs confronting the lies conservatives believe to our own demise. Let me give you a truth bomb. The same source and entity responsible for the brainwashing you see from those college students is either laughing or at the very least... He's laughing at the very least, if not outright responsible for the behavior you see from that uh, MAGA woman in that video and in, in that montage too. He's not disturbed by that at all. He's either thinking, damn, I wish I'd have thought of provoking that or B, that's the exact response I was hoping to provoke. Clowns don't cast out clowns. Beelzebub doesn't cast out clowns. Beelzebub. Zero times zero is zero. That woman's act and shtick, which probably went viral uh, throughout all of click is no has no chance up against the institutional brainwashing in that campus reform video. No shot. None. In fact, people like her, they're getting run over first because they're going to think They're going to think the reason that we're losing to that crowd is we just haven't been jerks enough. We didn't yell enough. We didn't scream enough. We didn't act out enough. We didn't name call enough. They're getting run over first. That has no chance up against that level of indoctrination. None we just in need fact, to, it's going to confirm it yeah we just need to use all of Saul
2: Alinsky's principles for our own good yes because we we can wield the ring
1: yeah you'll in fact what let me tell you who loves videos like that the source and entity responsible for brainwashing those kids because it's going to use that to justify the brain see we told you didn't we tell you There is nobody that's enlightened or educated or smart would believe these things, would would dare argue against us. That woman is checking every box. She is justifying and validating the brainwashing they have received. It has no chance that you are heading for a demographic winner in America. But it isn't about brown people or black people or gender or any of the fifty-seven you're permitted to call yourselves these days. It's generational, and and baby boomers and Gen Xers like the woman in that video is selling the millennial generation on the the new paganism. She's endorsing it de facto. So she may go back to her generational enclave and get all kinds of high five. Yeah, you stuck it to the fake news operators. But let me tell you, with the generational apocalypse coming over the hill, no shot. All you did, in fact, was convince that generation that's been brainwashed that what their brainwashers told them about the previous generations that believed in these old ways. You just confirmed yourself. You lived up or down, depending on your perspective, to those stereotypes. So, congratulations. You went viral. I guess that's what everybody wants nowadays. Do you have itchy ears, ear pain, or that plugged-up feeling? Are you constantly asking people to repeat themselves? If these problems sound familiar, you could be like millions of Americans forced to visit the doctor for a professional ear cleaning at some point this year. But now you can get the exact same professional results in the comfort and convenience of your own home and without a prescription as well. It's called WaxRx. It uses a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then soothes the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. And you can try WaxRx today, risk-free. Just go to usewaxrx.com and use the offer code radio. Usewaxrx.com. It's all one word. That's the website. Again, no prescription, no doctor visits, no waits, no copays. Get it right there directly to your home. Use it right there in your own home. Usewaxrx.com. Offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. Hey, one more quick thing on this too. You know the irony of the older generations thinking that showing their ass to the media, doing a camera stand-up, is getting back at the man? That next generation coming over the ridge that's been totally brainwashed? Aaron, you're part of that generation. How much of that media are they even consuming, by the way? Uh, I
2: watched the Colbert Report last night. That's not on TV. I watched um, this week with John Oliver, or whatever his name is. Uh, None. None. (laughs) None.
1: So you're you're making yep. your stand Listen. and showing your rear end to news sources that the next generation totally brainwashed aren't even consuming to begin with. Listen, there's a
2: reason. Yep. There is a reason why our friend Bob Vanderplatz opens up every event he hosts with uh, that that media is at with don't be that guy. Yeah. That is the ultimate version of that guy, but yes. it was a girl.
1: Yeah, what Aaron's referring to is whenever they have a family leader has an event, whenever they have a break for a lunch or a potty break, Bob will always take the stand and say, "All the media is here. They're waiting for you to be clown yourself. They're looking to do the story of the crazy Christian conservative. Don't be that person the movie
6: Unplanned even did that within its own movie yes
1: yeah Yeah, it did do that within its own movie you're exactly right about that we'll come back Fake News or Not is next year live and on demand on The Blaze stay tuned Back here on The Blaze, I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. Late last year, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office released a grand jury report that reported law enforcement had received 2,000 complaints of uh, deed fraud, uh, real estate fraud, and almost every case involved a quote-unquote faulty notarization, meaning someone attempting to forge their name onto a homeowner's deed and claim that home for themselves. That's that's the home title fraud that we have been warning about. And this grand jury report uh, said the problem there in Manhattan was so bad, they described it as an epidemic. And criminals are now looking for vulnerable properties. They scan the obits, they pour through public records, then they can take uh, as little as a forged deed to transfer ownership, uh, liquidate your equity. Maybe put your home on the market like what happened to a family in Philadelphia over the winter and once this goes down it's almost impossible to reverse protect yourself Uh, for most Americans their homes are the most valuable financial asset investment they'll have over the course of their lifetimes and for pennies a day you can protect that investment with our friends at Home Title Lock they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title and mortgage you can go to hometitlelock.com right now and register your home to learn if it's already been targeted, stolen. Uh, That's a free title scan and report, normally $100 value, but free for our family here today at The Blaze at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Let's get to it. This week's edition of Fake News or Not. Now, remember, we've changed the way we're doing this now. We're focusing exclusively on angles, sources, figures that are meant to Uh, meant to convey the truth to people like us. Are they doing so? So I present the clips, and then Todd and Aaron, you two, get to decide. Is it fake news or not?
5: Uh, we have a new NBC News Wall Street Journal poll that has just come out, right? And it talks about the, the Mueller report, where Americans are on this, etc. But there was a really interesting sort of nugget buried inside of this polling. And it shows that Americans, to the point that Jonathan and Rick are making here about what people talk about sort of here on television versus in, in their living rooms, people just aren't that tuned into the story. People saw more news coverage and were more engaged in news coverage of a lot of other stories, the Access Hollywood tape, the firing of James Comey, than they were of the Mueller report. You can see it here. 39% of people said they were seeing a lot of news coverage about it. And I wonder how something like this, knowing this, might inform the Democratic discussion moving forward on the campaign trail for for Nancy and for Sahil here.
1: Well, I think that it gives Democrats an opening to not have to talk about the investigations as much. And I think we saw Democrats uh, talk about health care excessively leading up to the midterms, and that was such a winning argument for them. And now we have Trump last week saying that he
5: wants to double down and repeal Obamacare, which is a real losing argument for the White House, at least. I think White House aides were quite worried about mm-hmm. that. And so I think that we'll see these sort of policy
1: contrasts where, um, you know, Democrats could potentially play on health care being one of them, climate change being another. I think a key vulnerability for the Trump campaign is what does the state of the economy look like in a year? So here's why I included that clip. And you guys tell me if you think I'm right or wrong, OK? Uh, I, I, I think that's complete and total horseplay. I, I thought I was missing something. Yeah, and I think it has. I think it, I think if I were sitting there next to her on the stage, it would it would last. Uh, it would last up against minimal pushback as as long as those young people did to the in the I, campus, I, campus I reform video. We were still
6: watching the campus yeah, reform video. That, that's frankly. just that
1: that is that is, that's the bubble gave talking gave to itself. Democrats that's a opening to talk about other ish. What? Yeah, um, it, 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 first and foremost, guys. The Democratic Party lost incumbents, incumbents, not just even in open contested seats, incumbents from offices, from city council to state legislature, to Congress, to governor, Democratic incumbents lost almost a thousand elections from 2009 uh, through 2016. What would have occurred? What would have transpired? That would have created a dynamic where Republicans would hold the governor's offices simultaneously in Massachusetts, Maine, and Illinois, or Maryland and Illinois, for the first time since um, Ward was originally hard on the beef last night. What what occurred during this time that caused there to be more elected Republicans in national office than at any point since before the Great Depression, which meaning which means, guys, we're talking about a, a political force more powerful than I like Ike. We're talking about a political force more powerful than the Reagan Revolution, which were the last couple of things that created a huge turnover of seats nationwide from Democrats to Republicans. What, what would have transpired to create this dynamic? Oh, I know. Obamacare. Obamacare did. As to the last election, what promise did the Republicans make throughout the course of all those previous election cycles that heading into the last election, guys, they didn't keep? Which one?
6: Repealing (laughs) Obamacare?
1: Yeah, repealing Obamacare. They didn't keep that promise, which put them on the defensive on what issue? Healthcare. Healthcare. But it's a losing issue. But it's a losing issue. What the hell is she talking about?
6: Do you know? You stole my line. I was going to say I thought I was watching the campus reform thing.
2: It's. I mean, it is. You guys watch watch Arrested Development. You know the show. I mean, I don't know if you guys do, but if you watch the show... You know, that the forget me now is basically a roofie that one of the one of the main characters keeps taking in order to make himself forget about things. That's what she is trying to do to the country. Yeah. No, no, no. This is another word for gaslighting. It's just it's that's
1: that's exactly what that's exactly what it is. I, 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 I know I know I'm a shill now, but frankly, the president's instincts to revisit this issue as an unchecked box, as one of the biggest promises they made to the American people, that they let the American people down. He's actually right. It's everybody in Washington DC who gets up in the morning and, and one of the first things they read is Politico. I'm telling you right now, I can just tell you for a fact, I know even prominent conservatives that you love are obsessed with what gets written in the pages of Politico and read it first thing every morning. The president's instincts to revisit this issue are right. Are right. It's everybody in Washington D.C. Um, uh, guys, no one's voting on climate change next year. Okay, I, I, that entire analysis is hot garbage. Did you want to add something to that?
6: I was just going to say it, it. We think of young people uh, as hysterical who can't be talked down off anything, but campus reform showed you that you know it, it's really not that hard if you get them in a mob a bit large group of people it's hard to settle them down you get them like that you'll get them to like oh um yeah but with that one that one is all in that one is the one running the planned parenthood uh uh, business in uh, unplanned they've been doing this for so long you 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 can't talk them down so the, the the equivalent of doing what campus reform did you just got to show it. You it's, got. It's the Jehovah's it's, Witness thing. They funny. just keep blinking.
2: You know, um, gaslighting—that term didn't really come into ubiquity until Donald Trump was on the scene, mm-hmm. and everybody on the left. And started. to be fair, he's
1: done his he's, fair bit of it oh, as well. well
2: oh, yeah, no question about that. But it's funny. It is convenient that we only know what that term means now um, by the same media that like does it every every day
1: yeah and to use your unplanned reference that woman there at Politico it's like that scene in Unplanned she is literally looking at you and saying we are a propaganda provider That's what we are. Our propaganda is what pays for your sick time, your vacations. I mean, that's a line right out of the movie. Mm -hmm. Just substitute abortion for propaganda, and that's what she's doing. Now, the rest of these, though, I don't think are as cut and dry. They will be more difficult for you guys, I think, to decipher, especially given who is going to be in the next clip, Todd. This is going to be in your wheelhouse. Watch this. I, I think the idea of closing the border is a bad idea. <clears throat> I understand why the president's doing it he's upset with Mexico he has every reason to be upset with Mexico. Mexico could solve this problem. The people that are coming over that are flooding that are cre- creating this this crisis at the border are not Mexicans they're from they're, they're, and Mexico is letting people from Honduras and El Salvador and Guatemala come through their country stacking up up at the border, not controlling any kind of flow of immigration so the president is you know he does this he sort of flails and, and, and makes what I think are not particularly helpful uh, charges against Mexico, but the, the core of the problem is Mexico and he needs, and he needs to go after them. Jay John. Fake news or not gentlemen, what do you think?
6: That's fake news. It, it's not coherent to say uh, that this isn't the Mexicans fault. These aren't Mexicans who are coming here. that a that's there are coming here, but of course there are a lot of other ones coming through, but they're coming through Mexico and the government of Mexico is on the hook for that, and Mexicans live under the arm of the government of Mexico. I, I the, the, we're both Catholics, Rick, but you, you, you're making a utopian argument yeah. out of place. There, the, there are real world messy things that must have and I have sympathy for the fact that they were born in that place and I wasn't but in order to keep this place the place that it is worth being born in you you, you cannot just simply say oh shucks since there isn't a neat and tidy version of how we need to do this we're going to continue to do nothing at all rick
2: I, it's it's in 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 uh, incongruous to say on the one hand no we should not do what's within our jurisdiction in order so that we might get other countries to do what's in their ju- I, what 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 kind of yeah. sense is that um this I, Todd Todd is right, and he's going to the right place with understanding the the messiness of all of this and having compassion on on those who were born in countries uh, with not uh, without as much. Um, to use a a very uh, polarizing word, privileges we have in the United States. Uh, But to say that we should not close down our own border, even though that's within our jurisdiction, but we need to make sure that Mexico is doing its own job. Um, If you're going to say one, I think you can say both, but you can't have it one way or the other,
1: if that makes sense. All right, here's this next clip. Is this a shot across Uncle Joe's bow? Watch.
3: This is 2015, and there you see Ash Carter being sworn in as Defense Secretary, and Joe Biden is touching uh, the wife of Ash Carter, puts his hands on her shoulders, nuzzles in, and asks her, uh, whispers something into her into her ear, guy. Could this be a problem, a serious problem, especially, uh, as Julie points out, in the Me Too movement period? Yeah, it could be for him. And I think a lot of conservatives are saying, hang on a second.
1: All of a sudden, it's news that Joe Biden is handsy with women. This has been a conservative meme for eight years, at least. And that video you just played is one of many examples. I think it's very clear that Joe Biden is not going to win a wokeness primary. And if he tries to, he's going to fail. And I think between not necessarily this story, but a lot of the shots being fired already these are warning signals from the left that if he gets in they are going to make his life miserable and i think he needs to be fully aware of that if he decides to jump in all right so todd you get this clip and Aaron, you'll get the next one Fake news or not, that analysis from Guy Benson at Town Hall. A guy just stole our talking points from like yesterday.
6: Didn't he? I mean, this is this is what we said, and he's absolutely right. Uh, I, the, he's not capable of going woke, uh, as, a, as you wrote to Steve. He's he's a man out of time. Uh, this this party has moved on. He might save the party from itself, and if he does that, it'll be one of the most remarkable t- political turns in all of American political history. But that ain't
1: happening, Aaron. You get this last clip.
3: Finally, and and you have said that you you believe that this has hurt your four children, and understandably, nobody would want to see their mom and dad fighting out in public. Well, I, that's
5: not true. Some people would like us to fight.
3: I'm, I I don't most people. Some people take a I little mean, bit I don't too think much glee over the situation. W- want you to fight? I guess the question I have to ask. Bottom line, final question: Has this hurt your marriage?
5: Oh, Chris what are you Oprah now I mean what am I On a couch and you're a psychiatrist I think That's a really inappropriate question and here's Why that's the pl- that's the line Over which no- nobody should have crossed So if you want to talk about uh, Policy issues policy Disagreements the fact that my that, The fact that George Conway my husband would Prefer that I not work in the White House um, I guess you can ask those questions the President has weighed in I've weighed in As modestly as I can uh, But now you're asking a very personal question And I would say to you you should go ask it of Many people, okay. because I see messy lives living in glass houses all over both cities. In which I, in which I mean, I, I, I
3: would exist. only point out, and look, I, this is not something I'm comfortable talking about. Your boss, well, I'm
5: surprised you would the pre, ask the about pres,
3: the president. Did call him the husband from hell? So well,
5: I'm just sur- it, sur- surprised. That, I'm surprised that people would ask that question. Um, I have seen home wreckers on TV as marital experts. All of a sudden, it's very amusing to me. But I think people know they cross the line when they're talking about people's marriages, all this stuff about leave us alone in my private life. Um, my family has a right to their private life also. I have okay. children who are 14, 14, 11, and 9. And the reason that this gets so much coverage, particularly by the mainstream media, is because George Conway now agrees with them. He shares their views Kellyanne. about President Trump and their goals. But you know what? If you read George's uh, op-ed in the Washington Post, the headline didn't match the op-ed. He was talking about the Mueller report, the Barr memo. And I think that they just, they take Lee and. Then and people should have thought have to, thrice you know. before they crossed a certain line over the last.
3: Kellyanne, I, I you know, as I said, I'm not comfortable asking it. It is what people are talking about.
1: I know we're short on time. Aaron, fake news or
2: not Total fake news. Why would you even go on there and answer any questions about your husband, anything pertaining to your husband? If asking about your marriage is also off limits, I mean, wh- I mean, yes. In a in a perfect world, uh, and if if this was TMZ, if this was the paparazzi, that's off limits, and you're already really private. Uh, like Chris said, I mean, the president tweeted about your husband from hell. Why are you so concerned about this? I, I just don't understand the double mind. It seems really double-minded to me. And again, everybody should be really uncomfortable about this. This is like seeing a couple in high school, although I wouldn't know because, you know, I was home school. But like seeing a couple in high school just getting into a fight with each other in the hallway over some stupid, trivial matter. I just, <laughs> guy, give me a break.
1: I agree with your analysis of the clip, but in terms of, of how she politically handled that, that was... I was a maestro right there, guys. I feel
6: like James Comey staring
1: up at the trees. So many questions. Yeah, I mean...
6: <laughs> so many.
1: Yeah. No, I her answer politically was masterful
6: yeah because he's fake news too i mean all everyone's yeah. absolutely right yeah. about why uh, her double standards but my goodness you have an opportunity as a you're a veteran journalist and you can just own that interview she's got nowhere to hide and you ask her that and give her an out are you all dumb
1: yes Oh, so you may have decided to declare the battle of the bulge uh, with your New Year's resolutions uh, this year and then may not have gotten the results you wanted and the resolve has left you. Uh, if if you're getting older, you're approaching uh, my age, for example, what you may find is even if you make a lot of the right choices from a lifestyle perspective, you may not be getting the results you want because our metabolisms, our bodies just aren't what they used to be where that's concerned. They're not the fat burning machines they were uh, back in the ages when we started uh, piling the fat on. If you want to do something about this, want to introduce you to a new product. It's called Riduzone. It's not a stimulant. There's only three or four ingredients when you turn over the bottle. And one of the main is called OEA it's one of the main ingredients in olive oil in fact it's something our bodies produce Uh, even some of our pets produce it it's just as we get older we don't produce as much you want to put that OEA back in your body uh, in order to stoke your metabolism and then also give your body that feeling of hey I'm full stop eating you got a couple of options here okay you could uh, you could drink uh, you know a, a bottle of olive oil a day That would be a little intense or just take one capsule of RidUzone. All right. Same exact results. Just one's not nearly as labor intensive. Okay, so check it out for yourself right now. They're running a 30% off a three month supply. If you use my name, Steve as a promo code. When you visit the website, RidUzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, RidUzone.com promo code Steve to get 30% off uh, your first three month supply right now. Get back up All right. If you've fallen off the wagon, get back up. You're worth it. The people who love you, who care about you, they're worth it too. They want to see you around, healthier, longer. RidUzone.com, promo code Steve for 30% off that three-month supply. When we come back here uh, for hour two, uh, a new study shows um, your parents and grandparents and the previous generations were right again. Uh, and then also we'll get to pop culture Tuesday that and more right here on the blaze. Stay tuned. back here with Hour 2 of the Steve Day Show, live and on demand on The Blaze. If you are listening to us today via Blaze Radio, uh, thank you. If you're listening to us today via the podcast, if you could leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, we would greatly appreciate that. Don't lie if you don't like the show, because you might be like, dude, I think your show Socks. Well, don't lie. Maybe just keep that information to yourself. But if you do like the show, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate that. Thousands of you have done that on the podcast platform of your choice already. We want to say thank you very much. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook. But you need to click that like button on Facebook about 47 times for one of them to register because apparently Facebook hates us. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show Spring has sprung. That means it is uh, home buying and shopping season. And now is uh, as good a time as any for you to check out our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust. It's a company Glenn Beck and his associates started a few years ago because they were frustrated with real estate agents that talked a good game, but then didn't deliver the desired results when needed the most. And you may hear other referral services advertised elsewhere. I recently was listening to a podcast and uh, they were advertised a real estate agent referral service sponsored by the National Association of Realtors. I'm sure it's all well and good, but understand when an advocacy organization like that uh, is sponsoring the referral, their primary focus is helping agents find customers. Uh, In the case of real estate agents I trust, this is primarily focused on helping you, the customer, find an agent worthy of you, all right? Agents that have volunteered to be vetted, to be scrutinized, they've been transparent about being held accountable, And now you can get dialed in to selling or buying your home fast and for the right price right now. Uh, Check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com is where you need to go, realestateagentsitrust.com. Well, we made a reference to this study last week and just kind of in passing but but i i think it needs more of a conversation and brad wilcox is here with us he is a visiting scholar at the american enterprise institute director of the national marriage project at the university of virginia brad steve dace here on the blaze thanks for joining us today brother how are you I'm
0: doing well steve how are you
1: i am uh, better than i deserve when you saw the results of this study i don't know if you chuckled like i did okay but you know it it, it is fa- it, it, it is kind of a f- a farcical how how we try as best we can in our new spirit of the age progressive era to run away as far away as we can from the old truths and the deep magic so to speak and yet man keeps biting dog nevertheless Brad, and so this study comes out, gee, what, what happens when, for the first time in American history, a 28-year-old male is more likely to be living at home with a parent than married with a kid? What happens when we have the lowest birth rate of any generation of 20-something women in American history and yet we've been untethered from any sexual morality whatsoever and the sexual revolution? So that must mean that all of these young people in their prime sexual ages are getting off more than any other generation just without the shackles of being a parent and a husband and 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 a wife uh, and that's not what the data is showing here, Brad. Uh, you wrote about this for Politico last week. Can you share it with our audience?
0: Yeah, you know, what's striking is that what we're seeing is what's been called a sex recession, where both for adults in general and for young men in particular, a record share of Americans are not having sex. Um, about 23 percent of young adults today are reporting they haven't had sex in the last year. And again, this is kind of a record high. So, yeah, it, it is striking, Steve. 50 years into the sexual revolution, we're seeing more and more Americans not having sex.
1: What would now they don't want to accept you and I's. Um, rationale for this, which is pretty simple. You're far more likely to have sex when you have a a lifelong consenting partner who's available and living in the same home as you. It's probably more readily available, okay? They won't want to accept that because the consequences of accepting that blows up their entire scam, right? So what's their alternative worldly explanations for this uh, seemingly non sequitur, Brad?
0: Well, you know, it is striking that, you know, your point is correct about marriage. I mean, it is the case that uh, married young adults have a lot more sex, uh, on average, than their, uh, than their unmarried peers. Although it's also, of course, important to note that if you look at the unmarried young adults, there are a share of them are having, you know, lots of sex. Um, but there are lots of, of those folks who are having no sex at all. So sort of, ironically, more inequality when it comes to sex among the unmarried and a lot more equality when it comes to sex among the married. Um, but you know, I think actually among, among progressives, there is a recognition, a growing recognition, that the decline in marriage among young adults is certainly part of the story. Uh, the family scholars that I follow who are on the left have acknowledged that marriage is an important part of this story. What's interesting, though, is that they are now, I think, beginning to kind of poo-poo the significance of this decline in sex. Uh, they're calling it a moral <laughs> panic around uh, less sex for young adults, um, which is just kind of you know ironic, given sort of where they might have been um, on these questions, say, 20 or 30 years ago. But again, it is striking that 50 years in, we are seeing now dramatic declines in sexual activity for today's young adults, especially young men.
1: Did I hear you say they're de-emphasizing the importance of sexual behavior because, I don't know man I, I just turned 45 years old okay, I'm the product of a 15 year old mom who found out when she was 14 over christmas break uh, in 1972 that she was pregnant from her high school senior boyfriend and then three weeks after christmas break-in and roe v wade came from the supreme court which was the ultimate flag planting of uh, of the sexual revolution and you know people in my age group you know we're the first post abortive generation we have changed how we define obscenity how we define speech we have changed how we define counseling accreditation academic accreditation we have we have we have have literally changed every fabric of american society in order to accommodate the preeminence of sexuality according to the progressive worldview we only spent 50 years changing everything about america to accommodate sexuality and now the people who convinced us to do it are telling us psych really it's not that important after all
0: yeah, well, I think, you know, from their perspective, it's sort of about the the quality of the sex and and, you know, uh, I guess. Well, that's, yes, that's,
1: you're you're so. uh, that's the right answer, Brad. Yes, that, that it, it's it, it's nonsensical what they're claiming.
0: But yeah, it is ironic that now they're kind of de-emphasizing the importance of actually having sex per se, you know, that, you know, so that we are in a weird moment culturally here. But again, in terms of like the issue is, I think, an important one, because we're also seeing in some new research that we're doing actually this week is that this decline in sex is linked to a decline in happiness among young adults, especially among young men. And so the fact that, you know, more and more of our young adults, you know, are not kind of... um, uh, are not having sex, you know, are not in a relationship, um, are not married, um, you know, has a big impact on, you know, on their happiness, their sense of connection, you know, their 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 meaning in life, and you know, this is, I think. Uh, it's a big deal, and you know, we're going to see more and more uh, young adults who, who kind of are at sea um, in a world where, where marriage, dating, uh, relationships, and sex are less and less a part of, um, of their worlds.
1: I agree. It is a big deal. So let's, let's, let's look at it seriously. Well, I, I, I would argue I've been serious in pointing and pulling their pants down because the, 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 every lie they've tried to tell the culture as, uh, has blown up in their faces, but for the fact fact that we as a culture accepted these lies now there are real world consequences to this and one of the things I'm concerned about you know that I hear you saying Brad is we are in the opening salvo here the opening throws of the cultural devolution that we have seen out in the Pacific Rim and in the Far East uh, where birth rates are chronically low marriage rates are chronically low and we've got this weird mixture out there of of technological revolution um, and, and asexuality have happened where men are saying I can I, that sex is nothing other than the release at the end of the act. And so there is nothing else happening here other than I require a release. The the latest technolo- technology that's available to me gives me access to that release without having to take any of the risk of putting myself out there for a woman without having to accept any of the res- the responsibility that goes along with being a husband and a father. You know any of the deep meaning associated with that release. That it that so there's this mixture of materialism and just you know uh, ace. You, a godless biology that's taking place out there and that that those cultures are dying they're self-extincting as we speak are we kind of seeing the opening salvo of that here in the west right now Yeah,
0: well, at the the end of my piece in Politico last year, when I was kind of reflecting on, you know, where this could take a dangerous turn, you know, I mentioned kind of the the Japanese pattern. Um, And, you know, as you know, in Japan, they're losing about a million people every five years when it comes to their population. Um, A very large share of the young adults are not dating, they're not married, they're not having sex. And they're not having children so Japanese fertility has been very low for a very long time and so what that means again of course is Japan is depopulating means a lot of people are living on their own as single adults means a lot of older Japanese men and women are dying you know basically by themselves with not many family or friends to really kind of visit and be with them so it's 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 a very sad situation um, it presents real problems to their economy and to their um, to their government in terms of how do you support a lot of old people living on their own without a lot of kids and grandkids in the mix and so we haven't yet gone to the Japanese mode we're, we're at a fertility rate of about 1.0 kids per woman on average in the U.S. Um, And Japan has been below 1.5 for a long time. Um, But if we don't kind of, you know, take a turn um, for... Uh, more love, you know, more romance, uh, more marriage. Um, we could definitely be heading down the road um, that countries like Japan and South Korea and Taiwan have uh, have pioneered in the last uh, few decades uh, in East Asia, as you just mentioned.
1: Brad, in recent years, I've tried to help our audience not to. See those they disagree with with the same straw man arguments that are off, often promulgated against them, you know. And you know, with the new movie Unplanned and and my pro life activism, that's an issue we talk a lot about on the show. And and as to an, give you an example of what I mean by that, we we've tried to draw a distinction between people who are pro aborts. They're in on the death cult. I mean, it's a sacrament to them, and then there might be people who are pro-choice that haven't really considered the full biological, moral implications. May think it's bad for them, but they don't want to feel like they're judging somebody else. and And how you would how you would address somebody that falls into those two camps is totally different than if you just painted everybody that's not as pro-life as you with a broad brush, right? I want to apply that same thing to this to studies like this one. How many people? when you've looked at how the left has reacted to this, what's the ratio of people on the left that have said, you know what, this, 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 is, this is all part of the plan. This is doing, it's doing exactly what we set out, the, the deconstruction of the West. This is doing, you know, they're giving themselves helmet stickers. How many of them are like, oh, boy, that's a Pandora's box. There's a law of unintended consequences there we hadn't considered. Um, because I think... That ratio tells us a lot about how we ought to respond to data like this. What have you seen?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think among, um, you know, many in the academy and the media, there is, there is not really a recognition that we could be heading into dangerous territory, like the territory that's just, you know, been traveled in East Asia. Um, and for some, there is a real unwillingness to... Um, you know to sort of even you know think that low fertility could pose a problem for the us um you know there there are plenty of folks who think that that might be actually even be good you know for obviously for the environment and other outcomes um, but i think you know given the implications of sustained low fertility for our economy and even for kind of the health of the welfare state um you know i think more sort of center left scholars and journalists are going to you know, in the next couple of years, come to realize that a Japan style, you know, uh, family trajectory um, would pose real challenges for the country and even for their own kind of um, hopes and dreams uh, politically as well.
1: Final thing then along those lines, where are the people that um, don't care about what the practical consequences of this are um, they want to have their way um, and are, you know, are, they the, are they in the influence sectors in the media, academia Hollywood um, I guess what I'm trying to figure out and help our audience to understand Brad is how much critical thinking will there be amongst people that already don't buy into the premises and assumptions that are only confirmed by data like this
0: that's a great question. And I think, um, you know, I think right now, the sort of leading voices on these questions are people who would kind of minimize the problem um, or even kind of, you know, celebrate the fact that that fertility is going down, um, but that's, you know, good for the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, as... You know as the sort of these trends continue to roll out if if they don't if they're not tempered in some way um, you know the pictures gonna be pretty clear when it comes to sort of the health of family life when it comes to Um, you know what this means for the health of Social Security for you know for Medicare not to mention the the federal government more generally Um, and what's gonna become I think pretty clear if we don't you know take a turn for the better in terms of demography is you know that their kind of dreams and aspirations you know when it comes to um, a stronger and more robust welfare state are (laughs) going to be really threatened as well. So I, I, my, my sense is in the next decade, we'll see at least some on the left coming around recognizing that a good society depends in part a more sustainable fertility rate as well.
1: Brad Wilcox, American Enterprise Institute, director of the National Marriage Project at the University of Virginia. Brad, thank you for joining us here today on The Blaze. Appreciate your perspective, man. Take care thanks steve let's get some reaction to the conversation we just had from uh, brad todd and aaron i know you guys were sitting there a couple different generations of men I'm listening to uh, brad and i break down the data from this uh, study that's uh, kind of a could have been titled gobsmacked or something along those lines but todd as the elder in the room i'll start with you what do you think
6: well the people who think that they are basically good and simultaneously think you can uh easily be uh, labeled a hater and a bigot and that fewer and fewer of you should be born are people wandering in a desert and they're going to have to die out there. They're not going to wake up, Steve. Uh, the no, next- they
1: are the Joker. It's all part of the yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this, is, this is proceeding exactly as I have foreseen it. This is yeah, the right? coward pivoting of Western yes. civilization. good analogy. So yeah.
6: we, if we... If we have a shot with the Campus Crusade crowd, the people out there, and we stop them in their tracks and get them to an about-face, they are as about as late as you get uh, in terms of age. Once you, once you get into that workplace and uh, the conformity and we talked about in, in workplace culture now in terms of virtue signaling is just as powerful as campuses,
1: uh, game over. Aaron, let me give you a chance to respond before I comment on what Todd just said.
2: Yeah, this is not, this is not entirely, this shouldn't surprise uh, anybody. I I chuckled as well as you, Steve, when he said that some on the left are saying, well, it's not really a big deal that people are having (laughs) sex. Sex doesn't matter now. Sex. Yet at the same time, how many genders can you be on Facebook? Right. Your entire identity is. Is built around what you think should be between your legs and what you want to be between your le- your entire identity. You are you lead with that now.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: You are at the top of the food chain, the intersectionality food chain. chain if you are a Muslim atheist, vegan, pansexual, lizard person, um, that that makes <laughs> no that. sense whatsoever. <laughs> and to say that people on the left saying, uh, "Well, yeah, it doesn't matter now," that should tell you one thing. And, of course, this is just anecdotal, but it should tell you one thing. This was never about freedom. This was never about freedom to have more sex with whoever you want at any time. This was about iconoclasm.
1: Yes. As yep.
2: soon as you can just... Well, okay, uh, You got. we got you nibbling on that bait there. Uh, why, don't, why don't we throw in some bigger bait and then pretty soon you start taking the bigger bait and the bigger bait. Um, all of these lies that we've been told and that um, previous generations have been told, they were all for one purpose, to unravel the natural law so that in some time, in some future, something else can take its place. You were made to be ruled. That's what this is all about.
1: You know, if you've watched the, the devolution of the West from the uh, progressive pagan iconoclasts that Aaron was just talking about. And you've, if you're older than Todd and I, then you have, you have lived through a very interesting transition in your life in that you began uh, believing that the biblical Judeo-Christian worldview was against free speech, You began believing that it was against individual autonomy and critical thinking, but was for a form of forced conformity. And you began um, being told that that worldview was against sexual uh, gratification and fulfillment. Right. (laughs) And now you've lived long enough to see the the biblical worldview is the worldview that is now promoting free speech, individual autonomy, and uh, e- expression. And now apparently we're going to have to be the pro-sex people now too. Okay, mm-hmm. isn't it funny how this is how this is completely uh, the shoe is on the other foot? And you know why that happened? Because all of those other previous claims were lies. Now that doesn't mean that people that have 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 preached the Bible or wielded the pulpit, have, have that everybody that has had that responsibility or claimed that mantle, had uh, did it reasonably, responsibly, were worthy of the mantle they claimed, were honest with it, okay? But this is why the, the objective truth of whether Jesus walked out of that tomb is so important or not. Because the claims of Christianity are based on the authentic historicity of an event. Did it occur? And why is that so important? Because it rests on the character of God, not the character of men. Every other system rests on the character of men. I mean, every other system. Islam rests entirely on whether Muhammad claims that the angel Gabriel spoke to him in a cave and said, recite, and gave him the Quran. Was that true? And really, it's based off of whose claim? His. So therefore, the, it's the character and integrity of Islam is ultimately based on the character and integrity of a man. And we could do this with every single other religious system one of the religious systems surging amongst Aaron's generation because it's de facto atheism is Buddhism. Where did it get its name? From a man. Every other system, every single other system, every last one, is based off the credibility of a man. In this case, it's based off of the credibility of God. Did God raise a a man back to life or not? Did he? If he did, then believe all the associated claims that go along with that event. If he didn't, then they're, you know, reject them as you see fit. The objective historicity of an event, did it take place or not? And What's happened in this last generation is the baby boom generation, the counterculture generation was sold on um, this example over here of this person claiming this belief is bad. Therefore, vis-a-vis, you should reject all common sense all tradition, all history, all legacies that previous generations pledged their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors for reject them all. And the counterculture generation said yes. And the reason why the baby boomer generation said yes is because they really wanted the same thing all human all human nature has wanted east of Eden. Autonomy to do what I want to do with my wallet and my zipper. And so they said yes, because they just wanted something to give them permission to do what they wanted with their wallet and their zipper. Well, now, Uncle Bingo, though, it's time to pay the generational check. The bill still comes due. And now you're going to find out, you know, you've heard me talk about liberals and leftists. You're going to find out who's who. Because the liberals were the people that just wanted government to let you have the permission to do that which God said was dumb and immoral. The leftist wanted government to compel you to do it. The liberal might think, wow, this didn't work out the way that I thought. Still might not be willing to accept the explanation as to why. But they might look at this data and think, you know, what did we do wrong here? While ignoring the truth hidden in plain sight, the nose, you know, it's it's as simple, it's plain as the nose on their faces. The leftists—they're ecstatic at this news. Remember when I told you before that gender dysphoria, tranny madness in America is not the rejection of gender. Remember when I said this recently? I didn't. I said it wasn't the rejection of gender. We have it backwards. What did I say it was? The worship of it. It's not the rejection of gender. It's the worship of it. We're not the ones claiming. You have, your your inherent value is based off of what's between your legs. Those peddling the dysphoria are. We're the ones telling you you're so much more than that. And that if you don't find your fulfillment in that, it's because there is much more to life than that. We're the ones telling you that. The training madness people, they're the ones telling you that your life will have no meaning unless your feelings line up with your genitalia. That's the worship of gender. That's the same thing that happened here with the sexual revolution. That doesn't mean Christianity and the Judeo-Christian worldview has not struggled with undue sexual suppression, sexual legalism. That doesn't mean the church has, does the church have a perfect scorecard where this is concerned? No, we just talked about that earlier. No, and it's it's one of the reasons it opened the door to this lie, okay? But the sexual revolution wasn't, wasn't the seeking of sexual gratification. It was the worship of sexuality. Whenever you worship something other than God, how's that work? How's it work out? Does it pan out? What's the ROI on that? all throughout human history. Bad. Bad. Never has an ROI. You always end up in bankruptcy court every time. Every time. And that's what happened here. And now we're going to pay the penalty for it. And now the same people that told you, now see, the truth is now coming out. Pardon the pun. The truth is now coming out. See, it was never about Sexual gratification equals sexual, equals self actualization. It was always about diminishing the imago day, getting rid of everything cosmic associated with your sexuality, the mutual pleasure between you and and a life mate, the creation of a life. It was never about sexual gratification, it was never about elevating it. It was about getting rid of sexuality altogether. Because this has always been about taking away that which God says is true and beautiful and destroying it. Because the one who's the source of all this iconoclasm is a destroyer, the one who's the source of all this devolution is a devil. That's what this was always about. And here we are. And one of the ramifications of that, 60 million dead children. And the new movie, Unplanned, is seeking to step on the neck of that shibboleth of the damned. Lots of you have written me about seeing this movie of the weekend. We're going to share some of those notes with you in the audience here when we come back in a few seconds here on The Blaze. It'll be Pop Culture Tuesday here on The Steve Day Show. Stay tuned. Right, back here on demand and live on the blaze. I am Steve Dace. Uh, late last year, we talked about this earlier. I want to reiterate this because it's the most important, valuable investment the vast majority of us as Americans are ever going to have and it's our own homes. You need to protect it. You know, I mean, Manhattan alone, their DA's office had a grand jury report last year, 2,000 complaints of potential home title fraud, and almost all of them involved a faulty notarization, meaning someone attempting to forge their way on to someone else's uh, deed. Uh, Don't let that epidemic impact you. Uh, Pennies a day is all it takes to protect that valuable investment, your equity, your own home. Don't let scammers get their hands on it. Right now, they're scanning obituaries, they're pouring through public records looking to see whose home title is vulnerable for them to take advantage of. For just pennies a day, our friends at Home Title Lock, they'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that you don't have to be the next statistic, All right, And find out already if your home's title has been compromised or targeted as it is. you can find out for free. It's normally a hundred dollar value, but their title scan and report is free today to our family at the blaze. If you check out their website, home lock.com, go there register today, get your free title scan and report, protect your home home title lock.com. That's home title lock.com. All right. Pop culture Tuesday, gentlemen. And we've been getting a lot of reaction to the new movie Unplanned. And I've saved a few that um, I think kind of speak to the impact of this film. And I I wanted to spend our Pop Culture Tuesday this week when we take a look at the intersection between uh, culture and conservatism. I wanted to save some of these and share them with the audience. You guys ready? Yeah. Um, This is from Heather in North Carolina. I wanted to share my story Um, In 2004, I became pregnant with my fifth child. It was a surprise, but we were excited. We lived in uh, New York at the time. The baby was a girl and due after Thanksgiving. The state of New York required a bunch of sonograms so folks could determine if they wanted abortion or not. On July 4th, I got a call from my doctor because after reviewing the latest ultrasound, they were concerned about the baby's size. After having four healthy babies, I didn't take it that seriously. I figured I'd just have a smaller baby. But when I walked into my doctor's office, he put his arm around me and said, how are you holding up? That's when I knew there was something seriously wrong. They pushed us to get tests so that we could know the extent of the problems before the abortion cutoff date. I told them that no matter what was wrong, I would never abort my baby. They sent me to a fetal medicine specialist who did an incredibly detailed sonogram. They measured everything from the size of the head to the size of her toes. This doctor also wanted to push for an immediate diagnosis and rush the results so that we could beat the abortion cutoff date. I also informed him that I didn't care what was wrong with my baby. I would never abort my child. I'll never forget the look on his face when I told him that. His face softened and he said, Well, that makes my job a lot easier. I can take my time. We got the diagnosis on August 4th. She had thanaphoric dysplaxia. I think that's how it's pronounced. It's the fatal type of dwarfism. It's characterized by a normal torso, extremely short limbs, a bit of a clover leaf head, and a tiny chest cavity. My baby had a beautiful, healthy, normal-sized heart, beating and glorious, but it took up to two-thirds of the chest cavity, leaving only a third for both lungs. And that was the problem. There simply wasn't enough lung capacity to sustain life. Thanophoric dysplaxia is fatal 100% in the neonatal period. I asked the doctor how long she would live he didn't have much of a bedside manner. He said, I doubt she gets her first breath. Then he said something I hadn't planned on. He said, that's not the problem. You're amassing too much fluid. With your previous history, your chances of going into labor early are great. In all likelihood, if you go into labor outside of a hospital, your uterus will burst and you will bleed to death and we will lose both you and the baby. He continued, the best case scenario if you go into labor in a hospital is that your uterus will burst. We'll have to do a hysterectomy and a major mop-up job and then you'll lose the baby in utero. That wasn't what I wanted to hear. I knew the risks. My solution was to stay close to the hospital. We put a bag in the car and I didn't leave the area. We didn't go for long drives. We didn't go hiking or for long walks. I stayed within five miles of the hospital. I didn't want to risk my life, but at the same time, I felt like my body was her life support, and as long as she was inside of me, she had that beautiful heart beating and she was alive. We told our family and the kids that their sister was going to die We told them everything that we knew as soon as we knew it. We didn't hide anything from them. They were nine, seven, five, and four at the time. We told everybody at church. So we didn't have those awkward moments when I would get comments like, you must be so excited you're going to have another girl, only to have to then tell them she was going to die. For all of August, all of September, and most of October, I carried this precious living child inside of me with the knowledge she was going to die as soon as she left my body. I was heartbroken and at the same time felt so blessed the Lord had trusted me with a spirit who was so righteous and so perfect that she didn't need to have the trial of this life. And she simply needed to come down and get her body and go straight back to him. On October 15th, I had a doctor's appointment. I had always been good about eating regularly because I had blood sugar issues, but the spirit told me not to eat or drink that morning, so I didn't. During the appointment, the doctor determined that I was beginning labor. We needed to schedule a C section. The OR was booked for the rest of the week, but was open right then. Because I hadn't eaten, we were able to get in immediately and safely deliver my baby. Rebecca Gale was born on October 15th, 2004. Her heart was beating as she left my body, but without my body for life support, it quickly faded. She never really got her first breath. She was cherished, she was loved, and she is still a part of our family. While this experience was one of the most difficult things that I have endured in my life, it's also one of the most sacred experiences I've ever had. Life is sacred and the ability to give birth is a privilege. There is never a situation where the baby needs to be killed even to preserve the mother. You might need to deliver a baby early. Becca was six weeks early. But you do everything you can to save both the mother and the baby. Thank your show for fighting for what is true and for what is good in this world and for trying to bring our country back from this path of destruction that we seem unable to change. This next note comes from Dave, who says, first, uh, I, I do want to take issue with the fact that, that you believe the R rating to unplanned has been politicized. I think that the reality and the brutal honesty with the blood, especially of the teen girl is very hard to watch. And for many, they need to be aware of how honest this movie is. I, I think I've been honest about that. Now, I don't know Dave, how many movies you see. Do you think those scenes are depicted completely egregious from what is typically shown in a PG 13 movie nowadays? I mean I don't do you maybe you have a different opinion I don't know I haven't asked you I don't know No uh,
6: I don't I mean you the, the 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 clear implied uh level of gore even if you don't see it but the brutality you see with the explosions the bodies mm-hmm. lying around it's not there was nothing here that somehow jumped the shark in that fashion
1: What do you think Aaron
2: Here's here's what I think This is what an R rating should be this is not what an R rating
1: is typically. That's a good way of putting it. If you, that's the most fair. Yeah, we, we're kind of meeting Dave halfway there. That's that's fine. Okay. Dave, I, I just took, I,
6: not caring about the ratings at all, and thankfully neither did the movie theater uh, in this case. I just took my 15 and 13-year-old daughters to watch this I because they need to see it. I, I'm not exactly sure where the concern is. Uh, comes from they need to see it they need to be told about it they do not need to be lied about this
1: and i and and if you get to the rest of dave's email i think he agrees with you i agree you you will be shocked by how honest it is okay but you won't be shocked you won't be shocked by the blood or the violence because it's nothing compared to what we see every day on every channel on your cable or direct tv you'll be shocked to see it depicted in the context of the honesty of what abortion actually is because of what we've been sold. It really is. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Uh, but Dave goes on to say that being said the honesty of the film the story of the film the acting the quality of the cinematography the overall quality of the movie is amazing it was incredibly well done and there is no Christian handicap in that compliment the story is one that needs to be seen it needs to be discussed it needs to be seriously (laughs) considered it was great not an enjoyable film with the exception of the ending with the sign coming down to which our theater erupted in applause two final thoughts first for those of you that are pro-choice or those who support the idea of shout your abortion I dare you to see it I dare you if you truly have the moral high ground there is nothing for you to worry about from this movie and second Abby Johnson is like an apostle for this issue um, thank you very much for the work you guys did in plugging the film
6: oh yeah she's hers is a uh, Saul of Tarsus sorry right I mean, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, she was absolutely. out there uh, holding the cloak while people selling them
1: Matthew Dorner writes, thanks for your promotional efforts for this movie. Having watched it opening night, I can see why. The doors to the inner sanctum of hell's uh, advisory board are now wide open. The deceiver is prominently exposed in this film. Never cried like that at a movie before. Wow. However powerful the demonic influence and deceit and the lack of awareness was portrayed though, God's grace, mercy, forgiveness, and power to redeem was shown uh, to be mightier. Uh, Praise God for this film and your promotion of it. Again, that's from Matthew Dorner. Thank you, Matt. We appreciate that. Um, This is from um, Grady Moyer. I just saw Unplanned with My Girlfriend on Friday. We've been together to the March for Life twice and have been an additional time after that. After one of the marches, we had an interview with a state newspaper. Uh, Out of any issue, political, moral, theological, I would easily say the pro-life argument is the one I'm most prepared for and the most well-versed in. I've made the case for life countless times, and the last thing I thought I needed was more exposure, or I needed more exposure to was abortion. Pardon me. And the last thing I thought I needed, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, but, and, but unplanned, he says, tore me apart. That movie blew me away and my girlfriend away in many ways. I didn't think we're still possible. Nothing you said about it was an exaggeration. And I think maybe if anything, you didn't go far enough. Not only is our faith an R-rated faith, as Todd says, but this world uh, it is reaching is even more so. This movie is real. And if your passion isn't when when you go in, uh, it will be when you come out. If I had any resource that I could give uh, to anyone not pouring their life out for this cause, it would be to show them this movie and then watch God work. I stopped going to the March for Life annually when I hit 15 because it started to seem like a show. And I hated being lied to by so many of the leaders and politicians that are featured. I wanted more than the clickbait and the crowd cheering. I really wanted proof that I could hope in God moving on this issue in my lifetime. And this movie did that for me, Mr. Dace. And I can't thank you and your team enough for getting me uh, into seeing it. I want to share one more. Um, Can I just add something? Of course
2: you can, yes. To what we just... The last thing I thought I needed was more exposure. That was one of the things that I kind of came away with that movie. Uh, they, it depicts it depicts an uh, abortion in such a way that even people who are ardently pro-life and have then have been their entire lives mm-hmm. would rather not be reminded of, or would rather not be shown, because it is that horrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is it again. Kudos to the filmmakers for those scenes just from an, a pure art level and what they were trying to accomplish. Kudos to the filmmakers for that.
1: I want to share one more note. This is from Paula. She says, where do I even start? I came to the U.S. as a young girl with my parents and nine siblings. I was born in Dutch New Guinea and my dad had become a Christian while in the Dutch army. Having been stationed there during the war, uh, he found Christ through a couple of buddies in the army and and who were li- who lived a separate and different lifestyle than his. We lost our mom soon after we came to the U.S. and we grew up peacefully and contentedly in Florida. In high school, I became rebellious and my father felt it would be a good plan to send me to a well-known Christian university. Fast uh, Fast forward to years when I met a couple of handsome and young Iranians while I was at the mall there in the college town. Fast forward a couple more months when separately I was asked to leave that university after a number of infractions, including having my eyes open during prayer. I guess you could say at this point I went all out against everything I had learned growing up. I especially rebelled after six months later being thrown out of another college because they found I, I had to, some Iranian college students, uh, or I would known some, and they felt like they couldn't—they um, they felt like they couldn't provide safety if these men decided to come and see me. This was 1982, shortly after the Iranian hostage crisis. I remember with vivid detail being ushered into a small inner sanctum and told by the pastor that I should read the Psalms and pray as he escorted me off campus unceremoniously. I have no excuse but my own. But when I went on to live a fairly dis, to very to live fairly rebellious the next couple of years, which included interactions with one of these men. Um, fast forward again. I'm now living in Virginia, where I was working in a research laboratory with my brother. I found myself pregnant with this man's child, not the brother, the Iranian friend from college. But I was terrified to tell my brother. Um, My Iranian friend insisted I get an abortion, and by this point, my brother found out I was pregnant, and he insisted I should marry this man. As I write this, I realize how sordid this all seems at this point in my life. The night before our shotgun wedding, I went to the local abortionist and had an abortion. Can you imagine a bride on her wedding night who would have had an abortion the night before? There was no wonderful honeymoon night for me. There was no honeymoon. The bleeding was for weeks on end, like you see in the movie. I found myself hating my husband six months into our marriage. I found myself pregnant again. And my husband, who knew my family was rabidly opposed to abortion, insisted I have another one, or else he would tell my family about the first abortion. I would lied to them and told them I had had a miscarriage. So I went back to the butcher He had on a bloody jacket. I recall him telling me to open my blankety blanking legs before suctioning the contents of my uterus. I lived a very rebellious life after all of these things. God miraculously saved me when I had our third child out of wedlock in 2001. I was 40 years of age. My life was changed and I'm grateful to God for his love and forgiveness. She goes on to tell her story and then to say, All this to say, I took my 17-year-old daughter to see the movie Unplanned on Thursday night when it opened in our community. I felt so violently ill during the first scenes of the movie to see firsthand what I had allowed to occur to my own children. So graphically portrayed caused emotions in me I didn't know still existed. My 17-year-old daughter has been raised to know what abortion is and is wildly opposed to it. She and I cried and cried during the movie. I don't know why I felt compelled to write this letter to you guys beyond the fact I've been listening to you for a number of years now and feel like perhaps with an audience as big as yours, there may be other women out there who feel similarly about the dirty and dark, extremely dark secret. And she wants to urge them to seek God's forgiveness. Thanks for all you do. Again, that's from Paula. Paula, this movie was made for women like you to get the healing that you have long needed and deserve. And for women like your daughter, So that they won't fall prey to the same lies that your generation did. Our generation did. That's your story through all of its heartache and tumult speaks to why this film is so powerful and successful because it wants to bring the light and make it shine in the darkness. Thank you for sharing your story. Before we get out of here, spring cleaning is coming up for a lot of you and I was even just looking at our carpets the other day and I'm like, we got to get, got to do something about this. If that's you before, now we don't have like need of new carpeting, but some of you may think it's that dramatic, it's that drastic. If that's you, uh, before you make the major purchase of replacing the carpeting, try Genesis 950. With water, Genesis 950 breaks down the bonds of stains and odors so they are gone for good. It's even got an antibacterial component that removes pet stains and odors from the carpet and the padding, and it can be used in carpet cleaning machines, and it's green safe too. So it's safe for your family and pets. So if you're tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to try Genesis 950. Genesis 950. And you can't just use it or you can use it for more than just carpeting and pet stains, countertops, granite, garage floors, oil and grease stains. You can make it a household cleaner as well. Try it right now. Genesis950.com, Genesis950.com, you'll get a free spray bottle and a discount if you use code Blaze when you go to the website, Genesis950.com, promo code Blaze, B-L-A-Z-E, Genesis950.com thanks to all of you I didn't have a chance to get to all of them but uh, several of you have shared your powerful uh, testimonies uh, the impact that uh, the Unplanned Movie made on you and we can't thank you enough for sharing those I've shared them with the filmmakers I want you guys to know that so that they have seen them as well God bless you uh, for the impact the film has had on you John three seventeen.